A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Security and Secure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest this week, you will know across all different media spaces. In his career, he has been a podcaster of the incredible podcast Reality Check a radio presenter at Virgin Radio and Native Talk Radio, a TV presenter on Big Brother's Bit on the Side, a newspaper film critic for The Sun, and a blogger for Holy Moly. And it's thanks to Sky for setting up this interview, because when you think of Sky, and especially Sky Atlantic, there's only one person that comes to mind. It's Jamie East. Hello, Jay. Is it really? So above, like, like Jon Snow or kind of Zendaya from Euphoria, the first thing that comes to mind on Sky Atlantic is me. I'll, I'll yeah, take it. When I think of a presenter and a TV channel, I always think, you know, what TV channel do I kind of represent? I yeah. see you as the representation for Sky Atlantic because I know that every single program on there you'll be watching. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, well, and I, I certainly hope that uh, Sky Atlantic share that view for when Game of Thrones comes back. <laughs> I think you and Sky go hand in hand, and we're going to talk about that campaign in a bit. But before that, we've got to go back to the beginning of the. Eastworld, as you like to call it. I want to get into the Eastworld psyche. So right. we know you're known for showbiz. You know, you were at the big wedding last year, the, the wedding to go to, you were there. So where did that love of showbiz actually come from? I wouldn't call it a love of showbiz. It was just, it was an opportunity. It was, it was what was big on the internet at the time, was celebrity gossip back in 2001, it was. And I was able to kind of like join in with the conversations because you know, my dad works in telly. I'd kind of been around, I'd been in a band, we'd kind of done tours and been produced and met famous people along the way and stuff like that. So I had a few kind of stories that got me in with the crowd, but then Showbiz Gossip was just that really went came into its own with the launch of the internet, with anonymous message boards, with email, with texts even. You know, Celebrity Gossip was one of the things that really thrived and thrived really quickly. And it was purely something to do. Just became friends with a bunch of people, you know, and created Holy Moly off the back of that after seeing Pop Bitch and seeing what they were doing with it. Holy Moly was a kind of experiment of building like my first website and kind of struck gold with it really. And didn't really need to build another after that it's pure fluke really i didn't love showbiz gossip and then decide right how can i make something out of my believable desire to talk about showbiz gossip it was showbiz gossip was just the topic it, you know it could in in a sliding doors moment it could have been bricklaying you know it would just happen to be showbiz gossip well that's the one thing about you that i've i've known you for about six years now and you've always been an entrepreneur you've always been tapping into where 
not necessarily on the money is, but where the audience is or where the audience is going. And obviously we'll talk about the smarts of the podcast in a bit, but it's interesting that showbiz, it wasn't the love of showbiz. Because obviously you know that I love showbiz and it wasn't <laughs> chasing the stories. It was reacting to where they are and where can I make the money? Yeah. I mean, I think I enjoyed showbiz gossip because it was, it was naughty and it was cheeky and it, it felt risky to be doing it in a way that we were doing it at the time. But it was actually quite easy as well. You know, it's, it, you have to remember back back then, this is pre-Perez Hilton, pre-Heat World, pre-any of that kind of era, really. It was dead easy to see what The Sun, The Mirror, Pop Bitch and other people were doing and doing wrong. It was quite simple to take what people's complaints were about showbiz gossip and just fix them. So what was that? What were you doing on Holy Moly that was different to the others? Well, just talk, I think style of writing has a lot to do with it. You know, as with anything, I guess with anything I've done, I've always come at it from the point of view as you have to talk or write in a way that people actually talk or write. That's just my belief. You know, other people choose not to do that. That's fine. And there are fantastic writers out there and, and publications and podcasts and websites out there that, that, that write in a certain journalistic style, which just isn't how people talk. And, it, and it, they're all hugely successful. But I can't, I just don't have that talent and that knack. I have to talk as if I'm having a conversation or I have to write as if it's an email to my best mate rather than, you know, 200,000 people on a newsletter or whatever it was. So that was one thing, you know, I, I didn't really see anything out there that was talking to me in a way that didn't feel slightly patronizing um, or inclusive or cliquey. And, and once you do that, then your language changes. You know, there was more swearing in Holy Moly because that's just how pe- people swear. You know, people use the C word all the time and yet you never saw it in print. You know, you just never saw it in a newsletter. You never heard it anywhere. And, and actually, you know, from where I came from in Derby and, and whatnot, people use that as a as a kind of as a kind of compliment as, an, as a term of endearment and so once you do that and you get your brand right you know a lot of the branding was really boring and the coloring was bad and just web design was awful at that time you know people didn't have a clue how to lay out a website properly there were just dead simple things to do I was a web designer I was a coder at the time so all those things were things that I was studying anyway and knew how to do combined the writing and, and also one thing that, that that was a massive problem at the time was anonymity you know there were leaks everywhere pop bitch were having problems with with journalists going on their message board and nicking stories so i offered a, a kind of closed garden to to a lot of the people that were posting on there they didn't even know each other's name so it, those were the three things really the design the anonymity and and the style of writing it was it kind of took off pretty quickly after that it's interesting because I was, when I was a kid, and this would have been around the same time, I was obsessed with the digital spy forums. I mean, I am still now, but back then... <laughs> going. They love me. Do they? No, they hate me. Do they? <laughs> Why do they hate you? Uh, the digital spy forums, they're just, it's just a fire in a pet shop, that place. is. It's not, I mean, it's great, but, you know, they hated Holy Moly. They hated me on Big Brother's Bit on the side. People, uh, they hated me on Virgin. So you're just like, you know, it's fine. I don't care. It doesn't it genuinely made me laugh makes me I, I occasionally when i when i feel as i'm getting too big for my boots i just google my name in the digital spy forums just <laughs> bring myself down to earth there were like two or three people on the digital spy forums that were just obsessed with how often i washed my hair or didn't wash my hair 
and so it's just it's great i mean god love them and and it's great that they're all still on there because it means they're still not going out into the real world so they're all just nicely tucked away in their corner so good luck to them and maybe that's where i went right because i was obsessed i used to run home from school going right need to get on the forums and i'd write it and i'd be like oh my god i'm the first person to post about eastenders today yes go me and then maybe yeah that's it i stopped writing on that and i've got a life well, so you maybe that answered that you should have just written it for yourself. Why are you writing it on digital spy forms and giving them the money? Because, mate, I, I don't care about myself. I care about helping the community. I feel like I'm still waiting for the Reality TV Smart 7 podcast to launch and that you go to me, Johnny, do you want to host a Reality TV podcast based in the UK and all you have to do is talk about Love Island and statue dating every day? Yeah. Okay, I'll look into it. Thank <laughs> okay. you. One day, you're going to need me in your life again. You're going to need to hire me to talk reality TV. Honey, I always need you in my life. You're a constant source of, of love and affection. So, holy moly, that, where did it stop? Because where did it get to that bit of that peak of you going, well, I've done all the web design. I'm kind of bored now. There's everything I want to do, I've done now. I don't really need to be pushing that website anymore. I don't know if it was everything I'd done, everything I wanted to do, I'd done it. I think it, it ran out of time. I think just the twitter social media killed off gossip sites they just did quite right too people's tastes have changed you know people were less you know you could you look at the public mood changed you know you look at britney's meltdown jade goody the death of amy winehouse george michael's mental health they're all dark stories that actually sites like holy moly and journalists like myself kind of jumped on really as, as kind of as clickbait as, as ways to make money and, and we did make a lot of money off it it kind of felt a bit vacuous and not it just stopped feeling right and then i sold to endemol part of the arrangement there was that soon after i did that i ended up doing big brother just again by chance when you look at those articles now and the clickbaitness and obviously i presume back then clickbait really wasn't a thing as we see it now no it wasn't no one well, mail online invented clickbait really you know it was buzzfeed to an extent but there wasn't really clickbait in fact before clickbait what came were picture galleries that was the that was the way that most websites made their money basically to, to those that don't know you make back in the day nowadays it's slightly more sophisticated but back in the day you made money every time someone clicked on a different page of your website uh, not a lot of money oh. no, very like, tiny amounts of money like 0.000 whatever 1p or whatever depending on how many banner ads you had on the website on that particular page so it wasn't long before people like myself and the heat and daily mail and that like realized that actually there's a way of making people click on multiple pages per story then we get 10 times the amount of revenue per story than we would do normally and that's where these never-ending picture galleries appeared from for instance doing like the brit awards or the oscars or any kind of red carpet or film premiere rather than just putting a picture of the lead actor on the red carpet you'd have 20 pictures of you know 30 pictures of everybody that turned up as a nasty byproduct of that people that went to premieres started getting their pictures in on the website so you're made in chelsea's your towers your all of these they started getting more currency on websites as well because they were bulking up the pictures of brad pitt and angelina jolie and tom cruise because they would just happen to be there so then it was kind of a vicious circle you had these towers pre-influencer reality stars turning up desperate to get photographs so they'd wear less they get photographed more the picture galleries would get bigger the revenue would get bigger you know that it, it just it, the monster kind of fed itself oh I, I and i think it is more important if you think what would you rather have a picture of anthony hutton and mccosey or a picture of brad pitt i know which picture i'm clicking on yeah well mccosey every day you know <laughs> so when you look back at those articles now not the clickbait necessarily but the articles as you were just talking about when it was things like the jade goody era 
How do you look back at that now? Because you've obviously matured, you've grown older, you're looking back in hindsight now. At the time you were making money off them, is there any regret inside you about the way you approached that journey, sir? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, not not often. I mean, you know, the easy get-out clause is to say it was of its time, and it very much was of its time, but it doesn't really excuse what, you know, I still, I still... I still either wrote it or sanctioned it and published it. I was still, regardless of whether I wrote the stories on Holy Moly, it was st- the book still stopped with me. So I take full responsibility for everything that, that was on there. It was cruel and it was lasty, but that was the remit. That was the, that was the reason, that was the whole reason that the, um, that the website existed. But it was, it was never cruel and nasty generally without reason. It didn't tend to stick the boot in unless, unless people deserved it. And we always tried to be funny with it. Sometimes we were funnier than other times and sometimes we got it wrong but you know you live and learn and when it's online is there a because obviously you know we, we know of tv and radio there's off from that regulation as it so for newspapers was there any regulation online that any of these celebs decided right we're going to sue you so i know popovich have obviously had a couple of legal battles in their time but did tony moly have the same yeah i mean there's no there's no offcom regulation but you can still get sued for libel and in the same way as anybody can. Quite often people would try. We ended up having to pay quite a lot of money out every now and then to people for things that we'd written. Not because they weren't true, but because we couldn't prove it. So interesting. It's such another world to the way that I view the media now. Because obviously, working in it now, it's all a lot safer than it was. But you think about like upskirting, you would never get away from putting an upskirting picture. No, you wouldn't know. Stuff like upskirting is inexcusable and, and really, really bad. As, you know, paparazzi were really the scourge, the scourge of, the, of the, whole, the whole era, really, that fed the monster and ended up, ended up destroying it as well. But I'm not sure it is any safer now. I just think that there are fewer independent publishers willing to take a risk. find that balance of being in that showbiz world to being that just Jamie East family man because being showbiz is like oh you should put red carpets you should be doing things you need to be seen but you're a hard worker but you'll have your family stuff so yeah the showbiz stuff isn't real none of that is real you know I've I've, I've skirted close to it for a very when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Brief period of my life. I started off on one side of the, of, of the, of, of the velvet rope and very briefly had a foray into the other side. And I can tell you that being in front of the camera is great fun and it's very well paid and it, it's very good for the ego but and it's and it's an enjoyable profession and it's creatively very nourishing but all of the rest of the shit that goes with it it's not real you know the freebies the the praise the follows the likes it goes away extremely quickly never you know you should never ever if anyone's listening that is on the brink of success on in that side of things it's not real. It just disappears very quickly. Do not get used to it. Do not believe that it is now part of your normality because it's not. People will just move on to someone else as soon as they want to. And it, and it will always happen sooner than you want it to. Does so. that mean I need to start paying for streaming sites soon? <laughs> no, it just means that just don't get used to it. It's not, don't kind of, soak it all in and enjoy it for what it is which is a laugh but it's not real getting invited to those places and getting freebies sent to you and people giving you free clothes all the time and this that and the other and enjoying all the cars being so it's great but it's not real it will disappear like that so you have to and you know i was fortunate enough to always remember that so you never expect so mentally you've always been at a mental level of sanity you've never had that big drop when it stopped well, you, you have a drop, I think, from a pro- professional vanity point of view, it's never nice to lose a job, especially one that's in the, kind of in the public eye because it's kind of embarrassing. You, don't, you know, anyone that gets fired from a job or loses a job or someone else takes over from you in any profession is always kind of like personally demoralizing. So to have that layered on with pricks tweeting you about it all the time for a period of time, it's, it's, it's pretty crushing and that's difficult to deal with. But so... And that is always difficult, but in turn, but if you have that, and also you can't understand why all of a sudden the phone stopped ringing and that no one's sponsoring you or that no one's kind of sending you clothes or inviting you to premieres, you need to grow up a bit and remember that that's just part of the part of the, the trimmings of, of the job that you did, and those jobs disappear so quickly. TV, radio, they are over just like that. What's interesting when you look at the world of showbiz is how many people have now got publicists and they pay two, three grand a month to yeah. go to events, to get seen, to be papped, to maybe get coverage in a newspaper. But most of the time, they're not going to get papped because they're not big enough compared to the other people there. But it's that sense of entitlement. It's interesting what you said that. Sometimes it goes straight away, but then people think, well, they can pay for it. And suddenly you're thinking, right, you're paying two grand a month to go to two theatre shows or to go yeah. to an event. What's the point? It depends. And the mindset, you know, and I know lots of people have been there and there's been times where I've thought, should I be doing that as well? And you know what? It's, if you're, it depends whether it is really over or not. It depends whether you have, whether you're clinging on to something that's gone or whether it's just a hiatus. There's a big difference in in that kind of stuff. There is a, a, 
a, a, a vast difference between someone who's no longer got their, I don't know, primetime chat show on telly, but still needs to maintain a public profile because they, the likelihood is that they will get another job pretty soon, or they'll just go and work for a different channel or they'll get a radio show or whatever. So there's a difference between that and that is just taking care of business. So that's a valid business thing to be doing is maintaining a public profile via a publicist is a business expense you know and it's an expensive one and it's a risky one if you if you haven't got the money and if it's not going to pay off where it looks a bit tragic is where like you mentioned reality stars or people that haven't really got a profession other than being in the public eye and being in the public eye is their profession you're eating your own tail a little bit really paying a publicist like two three grand a month just so you go to the spider-man premiere and kind of like try and feed yourself on the volivants that are there just save yourself three grand a month and go shopping it's difficult and it's it's a, it's an ever-decreasing circle it's an evaporating puddle no sir no sir so look jay we're going to talk about sky and set let's talk about the smart seven because this has just been incredible for you over the past year since you've been working on it and you've completely changed the way we consume news in podcast form on spotify and in general so where did the idea actually come from well, I do it. It's not just me. I do it with Liam Thompson, who you will know very well. Liam was my uh, PD at Virgin Radio, and he left to go and do some stuff in Ireland, and then I left, and then we kept in touch. We got on well, and I'd in the in between, kind of getting together with Liam, I'd had a few meetings with podcast platforms like your Spotify's and your Apples, and at the time, daily podcasting just wasn't really a thing. It just wasn't. It wasn't there. The New York Times, there, there, the Daily was the only real big success story, and it still is. You know, I think it's the most listened to podcast in the world. But there was nothing really like it in the UK. So I'd had these meetings because I was I was working for a bunch of other broadcasters and producing podcasts for a whole bunch of people. And then when I got together with Liam, he was like, "Come on, we should really think about doing a podcast together." It's like, okay, well, here's what my research has found. You know, Daily is where it's going. Short is where it's going. You know, at the time, most podcasts are far too long podcasts of people talking to each other are self-indulgent crap that go on for about an hour and a half and no one's got time for that you know if i take mark maron's it's hugely successful podcast but it's 20 minutes before he gets to his guest i ain't got time for that you know so it was short and it was daily so we knew that short and daily worked when i got together with liam we came up with the smart seven i think in about half an hour it was just like okay what can we do we looked at how we could take Liam's experience in radio, my experience in editing and voicing and, and all the rest of it. And we, what we came up with was a breakfast show radio bulletin for a podcast that included, that was short, it was snappy, included funny audio and interesting audio. It sounded good. It had high production values. Smart 7 sounds like it's come from a major broadcaster. And that was always the intention. So that was the idea. It came up with that in about half an hour. So let's look at Sky. So you're doing this new campaign with Sky, all about yeah. feelings. And you're, a, well, I don't, we know you're a TV critic. I mean, I've tried in the, my time to get on these things to be a TV critic and everyone goes, oh, it's Jamie Eakes. What are you doing? I thought, oh, fine. Um, so when it comes to TV recommendations, who are we looking to speak to? Well, you listen to, like you just said at the beginning of this, you listen to me. You know, you you you. you you associate me with, with Sky Atlantic and, and the box sets and the dramas and stuff, mainly because of uh, things that I've done in the past, like Thronecast and the Westworld uh, show and the Westworld podcast and whatnot. But I think by and large, we listen to 
close friends. And, you know, when you meet someone for the first time, whether it's at work or whether it's out in the wild in a bar or whatever, inevitably you will end up talking about TV quite quickly. It's just, it's a, it's a, because it's a social currency. And when you ask someone what shows they've been watching, I think we listen quite carefully to what their answers are if we don't know them very well. And if they talk about a show that, that sucks, you judge them on it. And you just think, yeah, we've got less in common than I, than I thought. I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, or if they recommend a show to you and you go and watch it, you think this is absolute, this is, this is not good. Then they go, they do go down in your estimations. Conversely, if you, if you're in an office and you hear someone go, Oh my God, has anyone watched succession? You get your turn and go, yes, me. And you've got a connection there straight away. So I think we listen to a lot of people, but we listen carefully. You only get one chance to recommend a show to someone because if you recommend the wrong show, they ain't going to listen to you again. So there's loads of, loads of stats that we value those recommendations. Sky did a load of research. And out of the, I think they, inter- they, they interviewed like a thousand, many, several thousand people. And 6% of those people said that they ended up marrying someone off the basis of a good TV recommendation, which is a wild stat. Look, I just need a girl who likes Love Island and I'm there. I don't care. I'll just go. Mate, there are lots of girls that love Island, that love Love Island. So I know, I still can't find one. I know. And forty-four percent of people said they're a super fan of one TV show. What are you a super fan of? What's your go-to show? I don't think you have to be a super fan of just one, do you? At, okay, fine. Of at least one show, then. At you least can give your top show. three shows at the moment. What are your top three shows? What that are on telly currently? So, yeah, currently or off there, but coming back soon if it's not on out at the moment. Euphoria is is amazing. Ozark is amazing, and Succession is you know they're three unbelievable pieces of programming and they're, they're all quite similar i think in terms of in genre and and kind of quality they're all two of sky atlantic and hbo ozark is netflix well define super fan for me you know i've got different i think i've got what are your what's your metric for a super fan but if you're talking to people who you you class yourself as a love island super fan i would imagine how do you if someone else said they're a super fan how would you know that they were and, and weren't just kind of trying to blag into the super fan kind of uh, league See, I don't think I am a Love Island super fan. I am, but I never watched season one and two. I would say I'm an EastEnders super fan because I know everything about EastEnders and my whole life is surrounded by EastEnders. So the books, I've but got is, them, the DVDs, the pace I live. That, is someone that casually watches EastEnders every episode a super fan? Or do you have to kind of like do your deep dives and know exactly everybody's entire backstory and, and motives and ulterior motives and all that kind of stuff? I'll, get, I'll tell you a secret. It's not really a secret. But when I was a kid, the only way my dad could keep me occupied if I was misbehaving or I was bored is he'd be like, right, we're playing the EastEnders game. And what he would do is he'd give me two characters from 1985 to present day and I'd have to relate them. And how do they relate to each other? So that's the son of, or daughter of, or friend of. And I was that good at it. I became, we used to do it by real names. So I used to always do it by the actors' names. And then I got that good. I had to basically do it for EastEnders and match it to Coronation Street. So I'd always use Jill Halfpenny because she was Kate Mitchell in EastEnders and she was in Coronation Street. And so suddenly I'd go for the Platt family because she went out with um, Martin Platt. That's how I grew up. Okay, can we do one? Yeah. I'm going to go for, who was the character played by Joe Absalom and Arthur Fowler? Well, Matthew's best friend was Steve Owen, obviously, played by Martin Kent. Steve Owen was married to 
Tanzanel Freight, played by Melanie, uh, who played Melanie Healy. Melanie's ex-husband was Ian Beale. Ian Beale's uncle is Arthur, played by Bill Trencher. What a, an amazing yet completely pointless skill to have. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is my claim to fame. <laughs> that is generally how I spend my day. And uh, if you're watching EastEnders on drama, this series is, uh, is up to the year 1999, where at the moment, Joe Absalom is in prison because uh, he was, uh, you know, he killed um, Saskia Duncan with the ashtray. Everyone, everyone fancied him at the time, didn't they? He was like, had that kind of greasy Chesney Hawks mop top, didn't he? Is he, is he what's he doing? Yeah. He, I think he did an episode of Death in Paradise last year, year before. Um, he's Christ. done another program. Yeah, they all do Death in Paradise, don't they? Tabs and Alphabet was in Death in Paradise two weeks ago. I've never watched uh, Death in Paradise. Oh, it's brilliant. It's not you, but it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So, Jay, final question. Where can people go for more information? On the Sky stuff, there's, well, they dropped uh, like five brand new trailers on Sky TV, Twitter, and YouTube. There's things like Midwich Cuckoo with Keely Hawes. There's uh, something called The Rising, which looks well scary. I think you'll hate it, but a lot of people are going to love that. There's some great documentaries about Mother Teresa as well. Or if you've got Sky, just hold up your remote, press the search button and shout into it. Brand new in 2022. And it'll appear as if by magic on your screen. Jay, I could talk to you forever. Thank you so much to Sky for doing this episode. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Scooty and Scooby with me, Johnny Secret. If you like what you heard, please do go and rate the podcast, subscribe to it, like it, and share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.